2: Oh, my goodness, Alphas, you were in for a treat today. As always, sitting with me is Ashley Marie. Last initial G. <laughs> wait, a, wait a minute. You look different.
3: Ah, uh, I do look a little different. I cut my hair. Right.
2: You cut your hair. Well, yep. it's really funny, like Jarek, who is our technical wizard. He wanted to do like this late 90s, early 2000s sitcom thing <laughs> where you just change. You just change the actor Whoosh. and never and never bring it up. Like never acknowledge it. Like the no. 70s show did that with the yeah. sister. They just. Oh, a yeah. the new Actress new personality, even but <laughs> same character name. And Jarek wanted to do that. And uh, as you can see from the intro, we have a new intro. Looks pretty good. We do a lot of uh, and Jarek wanted to do that shot by shot with with you and not acknowledge the fact that uh, we, we we changed personnel because the names are so similar. And I think it's Holly did that because I'm a Marine, Ura, and well, she didn't think I could handle too much change at once or getting the name right. Or they made it pretty easy for me. So thank you for that. Um, the, we've had you on as a guest so we're not new and apparently that didn't go too poorly because you agreed to come back as as a as a host.
3: I know I love both you and the other Ashley. Um, we're going to we should call her the better Ashley. I think so. The, <laughs> it's the no, no, you are doing the, why the German we, Shepherd face. <laughs> what? Why have a uh, why have a uh, she can't be the better Ashley? OK, all right. The what? cooler Ashley, the prettier Ashley, what do you want? The youngin. young
2: (laughs) the newest born ashley Um, (laughs) i don't want to do comparisons it's it's i mean ashley brought what ashley brought and ashley's bringing what ashley's bringing and i I, they're they're both valuable and valued
3: and valued i'm a value member of this organization and i i can only thank you for that
2: the grocery store tells me that whenever i swipe my uh (laughs) card there that I'm a valued customer. So I I know how it feels. So I, I wanted mm-hmm. to share that with you. So we met you. I met you in person. Yep. At the SVA. You did. Which is very I I was clearly very excited to see you.
3: You were you bursted out of an elevator.
2: Burst.
3: <laughs> you burst it out. I was just standing there and I was too close to the elevators opening and uh, did not expect Jeff Daly. To jump out so excited. You were excited. You were tired, in fairness to you. You had had a long night, but I was excited to see you. You were like, hey, I know you.
2: Hey, <laughs> I'm very recognizable. Face. You're very recognizable.
3: Thank you. It's all my face tattoos.
2: <clears throat> there you go. The one big tattoo that he, it's so, so big you can't even tell.
3: Right. It's, just as Ashley, that. real big. Right. <laughs>
2: And so we met there. You gave me you gave me great information. You're right in on the team. You had more information than I did, which was amazing. And <laughs> then and then I found out F around and find out. Mm. I F'd around and walked around with Ashley Gutermuth, and I felt like I did this a lot. Yeah, we got an incoming we got- <laughs> because you are a legit celebrity like. <laughs> some people call themselves influencers and i go yeah great your uncle and your mom listen to you whatever (laughs) ashley gudermuth ladies and gentlemen is a legit celebrity and i'm gonna tell the story (laughs) i told it before the show i told it to holly and and the the funny thing is these things mean nothing to her because they are so common for her (laughs) but we're walking through the the convention floor and this, this woman, she passes by us first. She tries to be coy. (laughs) She passes by us and just waves, even waves at me as a, (laughs) as a, as a way to kind of take attention away from the fact that she's a super fan. Let's, let's just call it super fan. And she turns around and she goes, you, you're Ashley Goodermuth and Ashley Goodermuth says, correct i am ashley gutter or words to that effect as we say in the military when we don't know what we're talking about so then the woman says i am i am not a starstruck person and i've worked with angelina jolie <laughs> but when i saw you and after she said i saw you i do forget everything else she said but it was fully complimentary um to the extreme. Now, this happens to you all the time?
3: Well, not in my own home. My cat and husband don't seem to have that kind of respect that I deserve. Uh, But but yeah, people do come up to me a lot. It means, um, it's very nice. I love when people come up to me because they've seen me uh, doing comedy or they've seen me um, online somewhere. Um, uh, What it does mean is that I can no longer scratch myself in public. And can't do it anymore. People, people are secretly recording me. I know because they've sent me things afterwards. They they'll send me messages that are like, "You look great outside your house. I love what you're wearing today." And you're like, "Who are you? Why do you know where I live? Uh, don't come kill me, please." Uh, I do get a lot of messages, and especially lately, where people are like, "You are Ashley. You are so tiny and cute. You'd be perfect to stuff in the back of a van." And I'm like, "What I? Uh, that's." would i really i would like it if people would stop trying to um kidnap me that would be great just let me go willingly let's do that <laughs>
2: but i then so they should invite you into the trunk of their car for-
3: invite me yes yeah. and to be honest uh, with my upbringing being invited into the trunk of a car would probably be like a, a life skill i would i would you know i'd be in there i'd pull out my flashlight okay where's the little switch that opens it up i can actually and now, depending on your make and model of your car, I might be able to break into yours as well, but I can break into my own car in about six seconds.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Wow. Okay. Yeah. I found that so, out because I kept locking my keys in it and I had to find a way around. So what you do is you go on YouTube and you, and you find some videos <laughs> of how people break into cars. <laughs> I
2: kept locking my keys into it. That's amazing. And uh, it's funny, We I think we got an in, in instant we're going to have an instant flow here. Holly's a little worried about it. She said you two are going to be trouble.
3: We are. Um, I think we are. I think we will amp each other up and the, like I try to be bad. Then you try to be bad. And then in the end, we're just like we're both canceled. Right. <laughs> so guess what happened on the American Legion podcast today, guys? It was it was not OK. It
2: was not OK. <laughs> and the the cool thing, the cool thing was uh, that we had this little we had this little i don't want to call it a ceremony but we passed the baton and i can't remember
3: what what we used as a baton but mickey mouse crispy uh what oh rice, crispy rice treat. rice crispy treat. Mickey mouse rice crispy treat
2: right it was a sweet ceremony mm-hmm. oh boy i did a bad joke
3: we passed the guide on from better ashley to now ashley and Aww. Yeah, I saluted her. You and did she, salute her. She relinquished command.
2: She did. You've been to a few of those. So for people who don't know, you are uh your military spouse of a United States Air Force pilot.
3: hmm Got me a zipper suited sun god, I did.
2: A zipper suit <laughs> sun god. All right. <laughs> That's outstanding. And you're and you're a member of the American Legion Auxiliary. I am Very excited about that.
3: Yeah, I'm super excited. That, I mean, there's so many neat things that uh, the American Legion does and the American Legion Auxiliary does. And I'm excited to find out about every one of them. Get me in those cracks and crevices.
2: Hey, I've got messages from people in the American Legion Auxiliary who are excited that you're here. So yes. Because some of them, my my our friend Carol Lindemoon Harlow has mm-hmm. always asked me, why don't you guys ever have an auxiliary house. Well, now you have have to find something new to complain about. Carol. That's right. Because come on. Boom, Carol, Ashley's here. Ash is here and she's not going anywhere for <laughs> until we both get canceled.
3: That's Which, right. So about five, maybe, about five minutes from now,
2: five minutes from now. All right. So there you are. And we weren't going to share the stories. I feel like we got to know each other really well. And some of the stories you told me, quite frankly, <laughs> keep me up at night. But um, and <laughs> it's true that Comedy comedians and their their work come from pain. Uh,
3: I kept telling I was trying to make Jeff laugh, and I kept telling him stories from my childhood, which I won't repeat now. Uh, and then funny. he would look at me and he would go, "That's not true." And I was, "Yeah, it is. I have I have proof." Uh, so they are hilarious. First of all, all of them, uh, but they're disturbing. Maybe had to be there. <laughs> Oh. Did, you, did you say you had to be there? Maybe, maybe. Oh. I don't know.
2: Oh. Funny to me. I just, I just felt for poor young Gudermyth.
3: Well, you know, it shaped me into whatever I am today.
2: And we're so. I guess we're thankful
3: for i am childhood i mean trauma. i love it because okay. look at how useful it got to be i got to sit on a park bench in orlando florida and whisper horrific stories to into your ear to try to get you to laugh <laughs> and then and see you're just me like go, who is this weirdo and then see me go <laughs> yeah basically you just uh and you know we'll we'll get into more
2: well you know later. who you know what you know what's interesting uh this we have a gentleman today who's had a who's had a very uh, action-filled past and he too has turned it into creative work so you two will have this in common because today we'll be joined by silver star recipient dennis hoy dennis served in the u.s army infantry during the vietnam War. Holly forgot to type war. His memoirs letters from Vietnam is based on letters. He wrote home to his new bride and his parents during his tour. He will share stories from his book and tell us how he was inspired to write
0: his memoir right after the break. Veterans. Did you know that hearing loss and tinnitus are the top service connected disabilities and that untreated hearing loss frequently results in social isolation and loneliness? A new year is always a good time for new connections and it's just as important to maintain the old. The Heroes with Hearing Loss program provided by Hamilton CapTel supports veterans who face the challenges of hearing loss by providing solutions that keep us connected. And now the new Heroes Mobile CapTel app for iOS devices is available. Veterans with Hearing Loss can download the Heroes Mobile CapTel app at no cost and experience the same feature-rich captioned telephone service that Hamilton CapTel customers have relied on for years. The ability to listen and read what is said over the phone makes it easier than ever to connect with those who matter most in their lives. Just search for Heroes Mobile CapTel in the Apple app store today. Restrictions apply. Visit heroeswithhearingloss.org for terms and conditions. Have a happy and healthy new year. If you were stationed at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987, you and your family may be victims of toxic water poisoning. Cancers, birth defects, deadly illnesses have all been linked to the contaminated water. With passage of the PACT Act, the government is ready to be held accountable. You could be awarded financial compensation for your suffering, but you must act now. Get your free case review. Call True Law at 833-686-4242. 833 833- or visit com slash TAL. Before seeking any legal representation regarding the Camp Lejeune Justice Act, make sure you speak with a department service officer of the American Legion to better understand your rights.
2: All right, Alphas, as promised, we have a special guest here. I'd like to say welcome home, Mr. Hoyt, uh, proud Vietnam veteran himself. And really, he's this guy, this guy, I think we'll have a I think we'll have a link to his book in the show notes as super producer Holly always efficiently does with her professionalism that uh, is contrary to myself. And we're, we're, <laughs> we're seeing we're going to see if uh, AMG is is going to up our game. And speaking of this is going to be your first first question.
3: Wow. What can you excited? I say? Yep. You excited? I am. I'm bursting.
2: OK, <laughs> so Dennis, be kind to her. This is her first show in that hot seat. She's been in your seat before. This is her <laughs> first time over here. All right, <laughs> Ashley, no pressure. Just make it perfect.
3: No pressure. Just make it perfect. Thank you, Mr. Hoy, for being here. I, your story is amazing. What what's what stands out to me is uh, I kind of try to follow stories and emotions. And what I would like to know is how did you feel when you first got notice that you were drafted?
1: Well, it it wasn't very good. I just got married. No. We got married June the 16th, 1966. And right after that, I got a draft notice and left August 31st, 1966 on my wife's birthday. So I told her happy (laughs) birthday and goodbye. Um, but we knew we knew it was coming. Um, mm. I was put on academic probation in college. The classes kept interfering with my baseball career and uh, I had to make a three point. I made a two point nine five. So I was yeah. put on academic probation and uh, we got married. We knew it was coming. We got married in June and we knew it was coming. Just a matter of time to get it when it came.
3: Yeah, uh, the Army has excellent timing, doesn't it? I Just a quick follow-up. Sorry to step on your toes there, Jeff, but what position uh, yeah. did you play in baseball?
1: I played third base in college, and uh, and in high school, I, I was going to be a professional baseball player, and that's what I wanted to do. And uh, the Army grew me up, and when I came back, I went back to college and and studied instead of playing baseball.
3: Yeah, um, I I love baseball. I also wanted to be a professional baseball player uh, <laughs> as uh, unlikely as that sounds. I'm tiny, uh, but I played shortstop batted fourth on all boys teams up until they wouldn't let me play on boys teams anymore. But uh, absolutely loved it. So I I think that's a super interesting part of your story.
2: All right. Well, shortstop suits you now. So.
3: Thank you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh, with Holly over there, you're tall.
3: All right, Mr.
2: <laughs> Mr. Hoy. Uh So uh, as 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 noted on the book and in our introduction, you were in the you were in the Vietnam War. Uh, we we've heard we've heard lots of stories about the Vietnam War. And I'm wondering if you could tell me two of yours, because one is one is one that we hear a lot like. Uh, a harrowing time in combat um, and then the other one is crazy things that happen when you're not in combat the, that that downtime do you have any do you have any stories about that like
1: well yes sir uh,
2: that you can say in front of your wife over there goes, <laughs> certainly,
1: certainly we you know combat, it's combat. But when you're in the military, we had a year's tour. And during that year's tour, in the book, there's a lot of things that happened that were funny. And uh, um, and sometimes the funniness, it depends on how you look at There's There's one time we were on ambush. And I think there was five of us. And uh, we were on this trail. And we could hear the artillery coming. And they were walking the trailers at night and they walk these trails at night, but they're supposed to know where you are so they won't hit you. Well, it kept getting closer and closer and called in and told him, I said, you know, move that, move, cut that stuff off. It's getting pretty close. And all of a sudden we just dove in the, on the ground and, and the explosion was so close to us that we got powder burns off of it. But one of the guys, you know, you're in the fetal position and the shrapnel went up his leg from the top of the boot of his knee. And I told the our machine gunner was Beer belly and I called, I said, Beer Belly, I said, um, patch him up and I'll call in medevac. And so he started patching him up and and he got sick and he said, I can't do it. So I had somebody else call in medevac. I said, crud, I'll do it. And you have these field bandages about the size of, of both your hands together. And you got strings coming off each end and you put it on the wound and you reach underneath and grab the strings and you tie them up on top you put pressure on top well I'd put one on and I reached underneath there and I got a string and and I'm pulling on it and he's yelling and I told him I said yeah Lee shut up I said you got a million dollar wound you're going home and I said somebody <laughs> light a, a match and let me see what I'm doing and they lit a match and what had happened I would grabbed his skin and I was pulling his skin instead of the oh, <laughs> and, and so uh you know I mean that's a funny thing but it's also kind of crude but we had a lot of things like that. We we, we did several several things like that. we we stole a jeep one time, uh, back in the river and we we got back to the base camp for one of the few times. And we'd gone to the end. They'd opened up the NCO club for us. And we stole the jeep and we were riding around on the perimeter. I said, "Let's go look at the base." And we were riding around on the perimeter, and some sergeant was up there on the lookout tower. And we got on the perimeter, and he yelled us to stop where he's going to shoot. So we stopped and. He started chewing us out and we got into an argument, <laughs> but anyway, got back in the Jeep and we got out of there and just said, let's get off the perimeter. So, but I mean, we just, we just do things or so what are they going to do to you? Send you to Nam, make you off point. Well, that's what I was doing. So we we had no fear. We just kind of did what we wanted and they kind of left us alone.
2: <laughs> well, well, I appreciate that. And I, I imagine that story's in here. Yes, it is both of both of them. Okay, so uh, I'm going to pre pitch this to our alphas out there get this book and uh, you'll hear more stories like that from Mr. Hoy. Uh, I'm I'm not going to do a follow up. I'm going to send it back to Ashley
3: back to me. Um, so after all of the things that you experienced, even these stories that you're telling us now, which are amazing and, and vivid, did, uh, did you, do you, when you came home from Vietnam, uh, did you feel like after that experience that you could handle anything life threw at you after that?
1: I, I don't know if I felt that way or not. Your life goes through different stages and, uh, I was at a young stage of my life. I was 24. In fact, I was one of the older guys over there. I was 24. Um, I've never been scared to do anything. Uh, Later on, I became a professional bass fisher. I'm an artist. I've never been scared to do anything. So it's it's one of those things that, that didn't affect me that way. What it did, it grew me up. I needed some discipline in my life, and it gave me that, and I... I saw that there was a lot more to life than playing baseball,
0: mm. and
1: uh, so I got my got some discipline in my life and got things in order and went back to school and made the dean's list and and graduated and got a master's degree and um, it just it gets your life in order, I guess more than anything it did for me.
0: Mm.
3: Help you see the priorities in a sense, yes. maybe.
1: Yes, madam mm.
2: well, what I what what I just found interesting um, was the we we talk a lot about transition stories, uh, transitioning from the military to uh, civilian life, and you mentioned professional bass fishing. And I want to know, and this is half half serious, half joking. I want to know what has more lies, war stories or fish tales. <laughs>
1: Probably fishtails. <laughs>
2: the one that got away.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, the, yes, It was
2: this big.
1: That's
2: yeah. right. The, the ones that get away are always big. The ones that get away are always <laughs> big. Uh, so, I don't know if I don't know if you know much about deployments today. I know you're uh, you've been in a Legion post, so maybe you've heard uh, some people telling some war stories there. Do you? From what you hear, or, or, or how are de- how have, how has deployment changed over time? If if you if you even feel like uh, you have the info to answer that question,
1: I, I really I don't. The only way I can ex- explain it the best way I can is that I didn't have a choice. I was drafted, and right. the military now is is volunteer, and so. A lot of the deployment, the people volunteered to go on those deployments. Uh, when, I, when I was elected to go to the service, um, I didn't have a choice. And, and you know, I went through basic and AIT and and all this time I thought, you know, I'll get out of it. There's, I'll, I'll get another, I'll get a good job description and whatever. And so I got light weapons infantry and um, I, I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice of of choosing what field I wanted to be in or not be in. So, so in my circumstances, uh, it was selected for me. And in today's circumstances, you may have a choice of what deployment you go to.
2: All right. Well, they did call it selective service. So you basically started out elite. It was very selective (laughs) process and, and they got you in there. All right. So, uh, Ashley, do you have anything on that or are we gonna to go to a different area
3: so sort of shift to the book or shift to no you yeah. can get a shift yeah. well just shift it around why not <laughs> <laughs> you can you can uh, steer the ship go for it all right so really? when
2: so let's go back to your transition story before we get to the book uh, you 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 went to college and how How was that experience because the the environment around veterans today is it's almost annoyingly this superhero fetish that people have with with veterans. but back then it was annoyingly superhero or I mean super villain kind of kind of atmosphere and and college campuses were were filled with protesters and and, and all of that sort of thing was it difficult fitting in in it back into that scene in your transition story?
1: No, sir. It really wasn't. I uh, I I was sitting at the campus union building, and a, and a coach brought another coach up and introduced me to him, and said that I had one year of eligibility left, and would I like to like to play? And certainly I wanted to play, but I told him uh, there was more to life than playing baseball and I had to get an education. And he laughed and uh, he said, yeah, I understand. I, I, I did not feel or see that much protest at the college I was at. It was a smaller college, Eastern New Mexico University. And um, I, I, I didn't feel, I, I've always been a competitor and uh, I've competed in athlete, athletics all my life and I competed in in school when I got back again so I, I my mental attitude was was back to school and i really didn't have any problem but yeah there were some people that i'm sure looked at me a different way or resented me for being in the military but um, I, I don't list stuff that bothered me that it's, it wasn't that important to me you know if they want to feel that way that's fine um, but it just didn't bother me
2: that's a, that's a that was a great lesson that you took to college so that you could get more out of college. So that's awesome. And that's probably a perspective that a lot of us, a lot of us need to hear and, and emulate in our lives. So since we're, since we're going to shift to the book, I'm going to ask you right now, if, I know your answer as an author is to read it front to back, but if someone was going to cheat, and go to your favorite part, what would it be?
1: Oh, I don't know that I have a favorite part. There's a lot of them. Uh, chapter number four has to do with the big battle that we were in and I was awarded the Silver Star and our medic uh, during that same battle was awarded the Medal of Honor. So that's uh, that, that's a pretty good chapter. And the chapter toward the end of the book where I, I write about my feelings about Vietnam and there's a lot of history uh, leading up to Vietnam and a lot of people don't understand it and and why we didn't invade North Vietnam and what kept us from doing that Um, but my personal feelings about how the war was was run and what we could have done different uh, I I think that's an interesting chapter at least on my part but there's so many things in there I uh, one time, a lieutenant wanted to go on ambush with us. He's a new lieutenant and wanted to go on ambush with us. And that—that's—I'll tell you that story later on. But that's a great story, um, mm-hmm. and he never went on another ambush after that. But <laughs> uh, th- there's several things like that 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 are in there that are that are really interesting and um, just all different kinds. And the problem I have with with all this military stuff. Is that I I don't remember names. I had to look in the letters to find names, and I'm I'm on cell phone all the time, com- trying to communicate with people from the Vietnam era, and they ask me about so and, so and so and so and so and so and so, and I have a terrible memory when it comes to names, and uh, uh, I guess that's that that brings back memories trying to find people's names and stuff. But but there's a lot of things in the book. I just a battle is won and certain instances that we did or or other things that are interesting, but it's, it's hard just to pick out one or two things that, that really stand out in my mind. But, but the chapter toward the end about my feelings on how the war was run, uh, I think is very interesting, at least from my part.
2: Well, I don't want you to to spoil that. Uh, and But well, I I do want you right to... Oh, go ahead.
1: One other thing in there is that uh, they brought us in from the field and we checked in all of our old stuff and got new stuff. And uh, it was at Christmas time and the rumors going around, we're gonna go see Bob Hope. And they put us on C-130s and flew us to Cameron Bay. And uh, the tarmac was just big, big seaman area, thousands of troops out there in formation. And I was on the front row and had the big stage there. Oh, we're going to see Bob Hope. We're going to see Bob Hope. And in came this plane, and all these reporters and photographers, camera crews set up. And in came the next plane, and it was LBJ. And he came and gave us his Christmas address. And they flew us back to to base camp. Turned in our new stuff. Got our old stuff back, and sent it back <laughs> to the field. And so we got we got to see LBJ instead of Bob Hope. And don't ask
0: me my opinion
3: on that. Oh, uh, I have an I, opinion about that. That's terrible. <laughs>
1: I, think
2: you're, I think your facial expression at the end of that told, told us your opinion. Uh, I think we should welcome you to later on, because now I want to hear the story of that of that lieutenant that that wanted to go in the ambush. you said sure. you'd tell us later on.
1: I'll tell you right now.
2: Oh, th- this is later okay. on. Yes.
1: OK, you know, well, certainly it's um, you have to understand when you're out in the field, you're securing the perimeter. You never stayed in the same place overnight. You just, you're just you continually moving. So you dug in every night and you're securing the perimeter or you're on listening post, which is uh, your fire squad. You're about 200 yards in front of the perimeter trying to pick up people coming in, or you're on ambush and you take your fire squad and you're out on ambush as many as 10 clicks away and you're hiding out in the jungle uh, with a trip flare over a trail and wait for somebody to come by. And, um, so you're doing one of those three things. And this time it was our turn to go on ambush. And the captain came to me and said, uh, uh I made Sergeant and said, Sergeant Horace have we got a new Lieutenant that wants to go on your ambush. And I said, okay, get him up here. And it was in the middle of monsoon season and it was pouring down rain. And, um, and we waited and waited and just, and it's getting darker and darker. You had to have a little light to really kind of find out where you're going. And finally, we got him, and it was so dark and raining so hard. We are holding on to the person's web gear in front of you so so you don't get lost. And I was the second guy back, and the lieutenant was further back. And we're walking down this trail, and we run into the enemy. And people don't understand that. When I say we run into the enemy, we ran into the enemy chest to chest. Oh. And we... Yeah, we bounced off, and and the, the guy on points, he fired one shot, and his gun jammed, and we're laying in the mud, and they're 15, 20 yards in front of us, and they can hear us, we could hear them, and the lieutenant said, what do we do? And I said, call the old man, which was the captain. said, call the old man, tell him we're dropping back 300 meters and give him our location, we're setting up an ambush there. And so he got on the phone, radio, and did that, and I I said, what did he say? He said, well, he said, for us to continue our mission. And I said, well, sir, if you can hear him right up there, you go ahead. But the rest of us are dropping by <laughs> 300 meters. And so that's what we did. And we set up a trip, player. We're back in the, it's hard to explain what jungle looks like. And you think you're off the trail. we we're probably weren't more, more than five yards off the trail hiding in the jungle. And we heard them coming and they were going around us. And they were trying to come up behind us. So they, they circled us and here they came up the trail again and they tripped that flare which lights everything up and they don't know where we are and they guess which way they run they're running right over the top of us and we're shooting us <laughs> running over the top of us and it, it was pretty scary but uh, needless to say that lieutenant never went on the, the officers never had to go on ambush he never went on another one again
3: oh wow uh,
2: officers am i right ashley oh wait, am
3: i right am i right <laughs> ashley's
2: married to an officer so we that's that's going to be who, a recurring theme on this show it's
3: going to be an ever great my uh uh so my husband actually flew c-130s so it's interesting to me to hear you talk about being on a c-130 we still yeah. use c-130s all, that's the workhorse right there
1: four fans just, of freedom there's, there's nothing wrong with <laughs> with officers. I didn't mean it that way. I'm just, oh, like, no. there's plenty the wrong field. with them. Sir. Well, officer, <laughs> officers had, you know, had different responsibilities and everything else. First of all, officer, I was with the first air cap, and the officers in our unit only had to be in the field for six months and they could go back to the rear or rotate back. Um, and uh, if you, if you want an officer, you had to stay in the field for a year. So that, that was a big difference, but, uh, you know, we, out the, we were out there in the field. We were all the same. We we chatted with officers. We chatted with them. We drink with them. Um it, it was just a different environment.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, all man. right. Do you, you have any uh last words, Ashley? Before.
3: Oh, well, yeah, I just love that you, the way that you have chosen to tell your story through letters. One of my favorite TV shows is from the 80s and 90s. It was on PBS called As Time Goes By. And it has Judy Dench in it and Jeffrey Palmer. And uh, Jeffrey Palmer went off to war and he wrote a letter to her and um, she never received it. So she was just like, well, screw you. We're not getting married now. <laughs> and she so their le- letters never met, and then they got back together like 40 years later, and they, they ended up getting married. So when I saw uh, the structure and the way that you used um, letters to talk to your wife and and use that for the book, I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. So I think it's wonderful.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll be more than happy to, to tell you really how that came about. Oh, please. Well, I've, I've tried to write her every day, but it, usually about three times a week is what you can do. And uh, when you had time, as I said, we were just married. So uh, I would write her all these letters. And uh, she saved them all. And I write to my parents, and they saved them all. And so we had them in this box. And we never looked at them once I got back. We never opened them up or even looked at them or anything. And so they stayed in there for over 50 years. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, this kid I was telling you about that we call our son that I coached in, in Clovis. Uh, New Mexico. He and his wife came by and and spent three days with us, and we got to talking about it. And he says, go, she said, "Go get those letters." So I got them out, and we put them in chronicle order. And uh, which and he said, "You need to do something with these." So after we got them in order, I lit my fire, and I, I, I don't do, I don't do anything halfway. Once I start something, I I, I go all the way with it. And so I use those letters, in in order. To write the book, and what's amazing about it, it's not like I'm trying to remember 50 years ago. I, I, the letters told me what happened 50 years ago, and then those letters brought back memories. Like uh, I was telling Beth, I only saw base camp three times in a year. Well, that's not right. I got to reading those letters. We were back in base camp a lot more than that. <laughs> but yeah, but but, but I, I took that information so that the book is 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 realistic and not something I made up 50 years later.
3: That's great. I love that. I love that you could have the, that rush of memories coming back and all those details. It's great. Well, I love that.
1: Oh, go ahead. After I wrote the letters, I got the letters and I'd write them on a pad about each each letter. And then I set up my movie camera and I'd talk into the movie camera, I'd read what I wrote and I could expand on the, on the letter further than that. But not only did I write them on a pad, but I had it in the movies. Uh, on a movie camera about everything. So so everything was in chronological order, and it was and I tried to make it to where it was like I'm speaking to you like I am now instead of writing a book to mm-hmm. where you had to kind of read between the lines.
2: Got it. i I love that you're able to fact check yourself with those letters. Yeah. Uh, I think more people should do that from the the stories I've heard uh, at Legion Posts. Every one of them should have a Medal of Honor for everything they've done. Ooh, gosh, <laughs> legionnaires can tell a tale. I'll tell you that. Well, I want to. I want to personally, um, and I'll speak for everyone else because Super Producer Holly won't come on camera. But I want to thank you for your service. I want to welcome you home, um, and we appreciate we appreciate the fact that you are contributing to society the the necessary history of the conflict, not just the glory, not just the despair, but everything in between. And alphas, you can get this book, I assume, on Amazon. Yes, you right? can. All right, you can get this on Amazon. You can read it digitally on your little tabbies, or you can, uh, or you can read it on the pages of ink-stained tree carcass right here. <laughs> Like God. I have, so uh, and we're going to talk about you. We're we're going to talk about you, Mister Hoy, but you're not going to be here. We're going to do that in private with the alphas. Uh, you're going to have to tune in to the show to see it. So alphas, go get go go on Amazon, order it right now. And uh, when you're done with that, we're going to be back with you after the break.
0: When our nation's veterans came home from serving their country the American Legion helped them with the GI Bill to get a head start. When
2: they came home from Vietnam, we helped those affected with Agent Orange to get care and compensation. Now there is a new war raging. Unfortunately, it is being fought in the hearts and minds of those who served. Veteran suicide is the most important issue facing veterans today, and too many are battling it
3: alone. So join us. Make the pledge be the one to help the american legion end veteran suicide
2: okay alphas that was a lot of great information a lot uh for you to uh want i think it should inspire you to invest in this book ashley marie Gudermuth. what if any were your takeaways
3: I had so many takeaways, Mr. Hoy, what an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. I just, I'm glad that you wrote it. Um, But also like just hearing about how he, changed, you know, he cared so much about baseball. That was his whole life. It was everything that he thought he was going to do forever. And then gets drafted, sent to Vietnam, sees that there is a whole lot more going on in the world and comes back and is like, you know what? I'm going to get my education and and have my family and and go from there. So he just seemed like such an awesome person.
2: Right. And I think having all of that ripped away his he taken away from his uh, his new bride. Mm hmm baseball taken away, college taken away, all to, to go over there for that. And I I think that did set up his, his priorities upon return. And I, I just love the attitude he has about the whole thing. He, he can go from very, he can tell you a very serious poignant thing and then something really light and Mm -hmm. funny. And it, and it doesn't seem like a hard transition either. It's, it seems very seamless because it's all real to him. It comes from real letters. Nothing's fabricated in his mind. I think it's great. I did want to ask you a question, Sheep. even though we're, we're 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 doing feedback on on our guest. But what is it? What is it like really like? And I know I'm probably going to get a joke, but I kind of <laughs> want to know what it's really like when your spouse has to go off.
3: Oh, and then they when back. they, when they deploy. So my husband has gone a lot as a pilot and as just for his job, he's gone a lot uh, to a lot of different things that aren't necessarily considered deployments, but he did deploy. Um, he deployed a lot before we got together, but he also deployed about two years ago and he was gone for seven months. And what it what happens right away is everything breaks. Everything in your yeah. house breaks automatically. That's how that works. But also you spend every day thinking, are people going to knock on my door? telling me he's dead every day you think about that all the time he's also his truck was parked in the driveway uh and so every time i would come home from a show or something like that i would see his truck there and i go oh he's home and then you go oh no he's not home it's just waiting there so it's those you get those little moments every day that just slowly grind you away. <laughs> and you're just like, OK, uh, do you you don't watch the news? You don't watch any war movies, anything like that, anything that has any type of death in it or or anything, because it just your brain just won't stop. And you're already on weird hours, you know. He was going to all all kinds of different places. So he might be able to call me when it was my early morning and it was his late at night or or kind of reverse. So you basically become independent because you have to be. Uh, and then the the extra weird part is the reintegration, which is something nobody talks about being the hardest part, but it's really hard. They come back and they want to immediately fit into the life that they once knew and it doesn't exist anymore. So you usually you got to the more experienced military families. They'll give them three days. You can do whatever you want, leave your underwear wherever you want to. And after that, we got to get back into the routine because that's the way that you keep the family together.
2: And you've had experience and he was. He left a newlywed. Mm, Right. (laughs) Like would they something like three months they got together? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: He was. uh, Yeah. And then he left on her birthday which is Left like, that's her the, birthday. it's the army FU, right? <laughs> right.
2: So, uh, you're probably going to get a lot from those stories there. Um, yeah. just even though it's a different, different era, different generation, I, I, I think you'll probably bond with that a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. You can let me know later. Okay. We'll have coffee in Montana. We'll meet halfway.
3: Okay. Yes.
2: <laughs> is that halfway? Is that like, yeah, of that yeah. Bit? You
3: know, <laughs> My no, opinion. I
2: don't know what the center of the country is, but we'll meet there and have coffee and then go home.
3: Okay. Let's do it. All
2: right. Oh, I have to tell you, this is Des Moines. I was not the center of the country.
3: <laughs> Ollie is like, yes, it is. Jeff, you probably Jaylen. just looked surprised. So you didn't Googled say it. Michigan.
2: She probably Googled it. <laughs> but this is this is Des Moines means the middle. Okay. Mm. We're learning something here. Uh, This is what this is a section of the show that we have a lot of fun with Okay. it's called rapid fire. And the reason why we pew pewed so much in the intro is because this is where we do it. After I say rap, you can participate or not participate. I'm not gonna tell you what to do. Oh, see, she's even jumping the proverbial gun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm full of dad jokes today. I hope no women from my past call me and tell me I know why. I know why you tell dad jokes. (laughs) <laughs> i'm giving holly a migraine all right ladies and gentlemen Sasha Gunner's first time at this range and we're about to enter rapid fire pew pew mm. pew, pew 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 i'm waiting for Jarek to put something cool with that but i think he likes us to be look to look silly all right my birthday slash christmas present wish list is a part of our first rapid fire. Why the skillcraft pen has been used by the military for 55 years, this comes from military.com. When the US military finds a good piece of gear, it tends to hang on to it for as long as possible. When it comes to non-lethal equipment, helmets and body armor come and go, but there's one piece that has remained unchanged since around the time the M16 was first introduced, the Skillcraft pen. Enter Jeff. That's also known as the government pen for the rest of us. Mm -hmm. First introduced in April, 1968, they are made by the National Industries for the Blind. Skillcraft is the NIB's trade name, a nonprofit that provides training and employment for the visually impaired. They turn out a great product at just 60 cents per unit while living up to, get this, 16 full pages of government mandated requirements. The pen must be able to write a continuous line one mile long and be able to do it in temperatures ranging from South Dakota to Sahara Desert or minus 40 degrees to 160 degrees Fahrenheit. Its ink must dry within five seconds without smearing or blotting. It can be submerged in water for up to 48 hours and will withstand two bleachings for some reason. (laughs) <laughs> they also have to be five and one eighths inch, inches long so they can firmly be inserted into a uniform pocket. Ashley Gooderworth, what do you think of the skill craft?
3: The skill craft pen, my house is full oh. of them. My dryer is full of skill craft pens, why? Because my husband fills his bajillion pockets with these pens. He; These are not stolen government pens like anyone else might have in their house. No, my man goes online and buys boxes of these things. They are everywhere. They are everywhere in my house. Is it is it true that they can be used as a tracheotomy?
2: They have been.
3: Yes, they have. OK, they have been. Not, it's not one of their marketed uses.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. That's what they call an off mission use.
3: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I am left-handed. So when you say it dries within five seconds, that's not fast enough for me, Skillcraft. That's how you end up with all the ink down the side of your hand. Come on. I do, I love Skillcraft products. So I will go in, I'll make um, Instagram videos where I talk about Skillcraft products because they're in the commissary. They're made in the United States, most of them, and they're made by the uh, National Industries for the Blind. And you can get everything like the the scrunchy uh like bath thing. They like things like that, mops and the loofah. Oh the like a little loofah. Yeah, you can get a skillcraft loofah. I have too. Uh, so <laughs> um I, I'm going to test this mile thing. I think Let's we should see. do
2: that next time we meet Holly. We can do yep. a relay and because I'm not gonna crawl on the ground for an entire mile. I will. You'll you'll do the whole mile yep. by yourself. Mm-hmm. All right, 100%. that's a Ashley Gutemuth reel for us. Yep,
3: <laughs> take four days <laughs>
2: <laughs> to just crawl and. Ca- <laughs> That'll be amazing. All right, you now know what I want for my birthday and Christmas. Birthdays first, May twenty-first.
3: May twenty-first.
2: I expect to be skill crafted, and and super producer Holly's probably going to put this government pen PSA in the show notes it's an old psa from the 90s about uh the government waste that goes around with the uh the pen because people steal them unfortunate but true all right rapid fire number pew pew two big year for legion blood donations this is from the esteemed news organization the american legion legion legion.org the American Legion's blood donor program had its biggest year in 15 years, according to the 2021-2022 National Consolidated Post Report, with just over 70% of posts reporting. This reminds me of an election, right here, with just with just over 70% of posts reporting. Their numbers for the recent membership year, the American Legion produced no less than 92,162 units of blood from 56,013 individual donors through 2,504 collections. It was the highest unit total reported since 2008, when the number of units reported was 93,859. The American Legion Department of Wisconsin led the 2021-2022 reporting with 7,809 units collected, closely followed by the Department of Minnesota at 7,559, apparently cold weather states, apparently cold blood is good. The American Legion's National Blood Donor Program emerged in 1942 to help local communities, including VA hospitals meet domestic needs at a time uh, when plasma was in high demand on the World War II fronts. In time, the American Legion became the number one Yes, contributor of blood nationwide for the Red Cross. Are you a blood
3: donor? Oh, am I? Oh, yes, I have done it. I have donated blood. And in fact, American Legion, you want to take my blood? Take it all. I'm not doing anything with it. Take my blood. Let's do it right now. Let's have Jeff and I. Let's see who can give the most blood before we pass out. Hoorah.
2: I think uh, (laughs) Hoorah. Don't ever don't challenge me because I will. I will lay there till death.
3: OK, all right. This is how we die. This is like how the podcast ends.
2: If she's still going, I'm still going. That's that's how I am. <laughs> yeah, I hate needles too. despise a needle, but I do give blood.
1: Great.
3: That's I good. I blood. like it when people get over their fears for the benefit I've, of others.
2: My my post, my post does it four times a year, once a quarter. Jennifer Brofers are our, our uh, vampire Shout in charge. She's our vampire in charge. She steals Mm -hmm. all your blood.
3: Does she give you a cookie?
2: She doesn't personally feed me a cookie, um, but they are provided there. I will ask, though, next time her fiance might want to fight me and I'll be low on blood and And then. Yeah, then it'll
3: just. Yeah, but you'll be low on blood, but then it'll just look like like, what are you doing, punching somebody that is fainting? So,
2: yeah, yeah. You didn't knock me out. I passed out.
3: I passed out. There you go. (laughs)
2: Mm-hmm. All right, we are done with rapid fire today because I knew the beginning, the talking to you about you uh, was going to was going to go over because I'm now going to chase you down the convention halls. And thank you. Yeah, I probably mm-hmm. won't say what I heard because it sounds different coming
3: from me. Ashley Gutermuth, can I touch you? Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, you can. Uh, I I do like when people ask for permission. That's nice. (laughs) It is nice when people ask as opposed to just coming up and like grabbing me or something. There's like a weird, there's an odd thing with people like when they're taking pictures with comedians or, you know, just anybody in those lines, they will let their hand like gently brush along somebody's butt. And you're just like, there's nothing you can really do because if you call them out on it, you look really like you're being... Out of your mind, but when you have that many people do it, you're like, mm, "This is gross." <laughs> but,
2: but is it have so many people done it that you're slightly offended when they don't?
3: Um, I don't know. I try to keep my derriere to myself. Okay. Um, but that's it. Just really depends on what its mood is that day.
2: It's interesting that you bring this up as many times as I've apologized, and yet well, you still bring it up.
3: I've given you a hall pass. Yeah, so you've got one of and those stamp br- cards. Those I buy, buy brush, 6 get one free.
2: Right? I don't brush, I cup.
3: You you anyway. do and that and it's that kind of support that the American Legion provides.
2: <laughs> and our cancellation has begun. All right, it's time for our final thoughts and shout-outs. Do we have any shout-outs today?
3: No shout. Oh, we do have a shout out, we don't big we? Shout out. We yeah. have a huge shout out. Gargantuan. Let's give a shout out to the best. The best. Ashley spells her name right and everything. What's her middle name? Oh, it's the same as mine. Ashley Marie Garboja.
2: So she has the same first name, same middle name, same last initial. Same
3: same parents, same grandparents.
2: Same grandpa- Oh, you, you're from Ohio, too, because then that whole thing convoluted family tree would make sense. Mm. I kid Ohio, I kid.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: although you you do border Kentucky. Anyway, so Ashley Ashley Marie Gorbulja is she's too busy for us. She's doing big things over at the VA. She's uh, she's she's over there representing helping out veterans in that way. and we're over here trying to represent and help veterans in this way. So I guess we're still teammates and she's still going to I think we're going to see her in March, right? Heck yeah. Yes. She's not even going to give you time to miss her. She's going to be right back here in like two months.
3: She's
2: the best. Oh, Ashley. Why do we we did a shout out for her and she's not even gone. She's not even gone. Unbelievable. Well, thank you, Ashley, for three years of episodes. You're welcome. Um, Wow. And I think she got brought on before I, I was the last one brought on, right, Super Producer Allie? When we started this, no. We at the same time? No, I think you asked me last because mm. you. I think you might have you might have been going to do a two for, and then you felt sorry for me doing my own out here to dozens of people. It was it was a a, a big it was a big hit. All right. Ashley Marie Gorbulja, you have been shouted out. So you still have not missed an episode. Isn't that amazing? You're in season four. All right. So, Ashley Marie Guttermouth, this this is your this is your time to take us out.
3: To take us out. Thank you so much, Alphas, for listening to us. I can't wait to see you all in person. And I'm glad to be in your ears and in your eyes. Thank you for hanging out with us and we'll see you again soon.
2: Well, you have a whole thing to read.
3: Oh, I just winged that. Yeah. You see it down there? Oh, look at that super producer, Holly. Hey, guys, don't forget to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. Please leave us a review, give us five stars. Otherwise, I'll stuff you in my van, and then share our show where everyone will know and listen. Uh, so everybody will know that you gave us five stars. Thank you very much. Don't give us four stars. I'll come to your house. Never.
2: No, four stars is passive aggressive. Alphas, you have a mission. Right now, you have a mission to give blood. You have a mission. If your post is not giving blood, uh, to go ahead and do that. If anybody wants to send me a skillcraft pen that they stole from base. I will gladly hide your misappropriation of government funds. You should also be uh, getting this book. Yes, even you Marines, reading about it um, from this Vietnam veteran who has opened up his personal uh, life to you. And I want to see. I want to see that get out to as many people as possible. So thank you again. Welcome to Ashley Marie G. and. Uh, and, and shout out to Ashley Marie G. So (laughs) you, you guys will figure that out. I figured it out and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dumbass Marine. Oh, can I say that? Yeah. I meant arse. I said arse. I don't know why one is better than the other. They both refer to the derriere. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and declare season four, episode 142. I'll never be comfortable with that numbering system. But I will call it mission complete.
1: Boom! Boom! Oh.